Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome to the following on Cricket Podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman. Uh, alongside the ESPN Cricket Info is George DeBell. And uh, whilst uh, local New Zealanders stand outside the ground, angry, holding pitchforks and flames and banners, denouncing the words of George DeBell, we seek refuge in a big tent as it absolutely buckets it down. Uh, we're going to look back at the series as a whole. The best series George DeBell has ever seen. You're listening to the following on podcast. Well, George, I suppose the definition of a slow news day is when uh, George DeBell is trending in New Zealand. Uh, I'm not sure you actually wear ever trending, but look, comments made on the show yesterday, picked up by the press, and uh, some disagreed with much of what you said, but plenty agreed as well. It certainly sparked off a little bit of a debate. You were uh, being so critical. Well, we both were, really. I can't really distance myself from your comments because I pretty much agreed with them. Um, but yeah, as it turns out, the series has been won 1-0 by New Zealand. And really, the only thing that could stop the batsman scoring runs was the weather. That is uh, tipping it down as we speak. Well, England could have caught the ball. That might have stopped them. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do that very well. Uh, yeah, look, I've covered series in India and Australia. And a little bit of flack I've had this morning. <laughs> by comparison, is uh, really been quite friendly. Um, yeah, I stand by those comments. People are entitled to different views. As an observation, I'd say I don't think anyone in the ground who's been at the Games has disagreed. You know, I haven't had a conversation with anyone today who said, you got that wrong. No, I did a function for the Barmy Army in Gulliver's the other night. I actually asked a question. You know, this is two days ago before your comments yesterday. You know, would, were you expecting a little bit more interesting cricket when you made the journey out here? And quite a few of them said that they expected a better balance or contest between bat and ball, and there were some disappointed. But on the flip side of that, I suppose, is as we walked around the field yesterday, and I suppose we do lose sight of the fact that people come out here and they put the cricket to one side to a degree. They just want to see their team win. And certainly, when New Zealand were batting in second innings, there was some interest. And remember what it was like when we were kids, watching 
watching Graham Gooch hit 333 or whoever score mountains of runs. You love to see your team bat. Yesterday, would have loved to see Joe Root score doubles. Century, if you're a fan out here sitting on the grassy banks having a beer. Well, they weren't, were they? Well, I think they were. I think there were quite a lot of people. Well, they weren't, were they? I mean, it was free entry today, and how many people were there here? I'm talking about the English. I well, mean, well, yeah. Okay, so you take out the England supporters from this ground today and yesterday, and there's dozens here, maybe 200. I mean, I, I think that's a very generous estimate to say there's 200. Listen, I think alarm bells are ringing <coughs> for Test cricket, and uh, and that's not a New Zealand thing, is it? No, but the grounds are full in England. No, I'm saying across the world, outside of... And also, they're not always full of... Uh, uh, you know, this year, 2020, that is. Well, England are going to be playing Pakistan and West Indies. I wonder, at the end of our summer, 2020, how many days are sold out of those six test matches? Well, London will sell out. I bet you the Oval does not sell out on day four, for definite, and almost certainly day three. Uh, I'll take that bet. And I think that they've got record sales figures for the first day at Edgbaston as well. You're right, though. Those are tricky games to sell. And uh, you have to be very aware of that. But I think uh, Test cricket is a more popular product in England for lots of reasons, culturally, lots of reasons. But some of the reason is the, the use of the Duke's ball and the pitches. Mm. Now, they may have gone too extreme. It might The cricket in England might be too quick, might be too dramatic, too on fast forward, as this team will always put it. But uh, I don't think there's a danger of that here. And I do think there has to be some sort of correction. To say again, there's not, not many people at the ground. And we ignore that at our peril. Absolutely. Well, let, let's move on from that and look back at the series as a whole. I mean, we saw Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor uh, score centuries today. 21st century. Uh, there should be a, uh, a pun in there somewhere. I'm sure the copy editors, sub-editors around New Zealand will be using that in the next 24 hours. 19th test century for Ross Taylor. But... Come on, you know, how can you pan a series which has seen arguably the worst drop in the history of the game? <laughs> um, yeah, there were, look, there were two quite poor drops from England today. One was Ollie Pope with the gloves, who dropped Williamson behind when he had 30-something, uh, which was very unfortunate for Ben Stokes because he was bowling a sort of leg theory um, line on, uh, on a pitch which doesn't help that at all. So he, you know, deserved maybe a little bit better reward. And then Williamson was dropped a little bit later by Joe Denley, and as it, it, it was extraordinary. So I urge people to try and look at it if they can. I, uh, there were one, uh, Mike Gatti dropped one in India in 92 that was as bad. The only other ones, I mean, you know, one of the Atmel brothers may have <laughs> dropped one. Uh, and, uh, you know, that raised eyebrows too. Um, Miss Stumping wasn't there in Sydney that was quite unusual. Um, it was extraordinary, and Joe Denley's such a good fielder. So it was aberrational. You've got to feel sorry for the bowlers who are working so hard and on, in conditions offering them so little. And you cannot drop Kane Williamson. And, and, and actually, the fact is, it's unlikely because of the weather and everything. But at that stage, just about still possible England could have pushed for a win. So it's, um, it's a worry and it, it, it highlights uh, an enduring fault, I think, within this England side that they do actually keep dropping chances, you know. BJ Watley was dropped on 31 in Mount Mongadou. If that catch is taken, that game is very, very different. So it's an area England are going to have to improve if they're going to challenge the best teams in the world. What about the series as a whole then? What do you think Joe Root and the management team on their very long journey back to England will be discussing as uh, things that they've learned ahead of South Africa? They've learned that there's a bit to do. So uh, I, I do think they've made a little bit of progress though. But uh, listen, they've learned that they need to find a way 
to take wickets with the Kookaburra ball on flat wickets. They have but they knew that. I mean, they knew that before. I mean, yeah. what, I don't think they've learned that, have they? No, that's, I, all, that's, that's a continuing... I think, I think there was a hope that Joffre might be the panacea and they have learnt that he can't be, that he's still in a development phase. And I actually think he, he bowled OK, and he really deserved that wicket today. You know that wicket that... Uh, the, the, sorry, the ball which Denley dropped, the Williamson opportunity? That was a fantastic piece of bowling. So if you slow that footage down, you can see from side on, it, as he gathers to bowl the ball, he changes how he's holding it, and he goes to the conventional sort of seamer's grip to the knuckleball in the gather. And then he doesn't use his front arm either, so he's trying to sort of put off Williamson, change his action a wee bit. To be able to change your grip in the gather and then bowl a ball with line and length and everything. And, and he should have dismissed as one of the world's best batsmen. Yeah. Mm. I, I, to me, that's a little bit of a reminder that there's something very special with Archer. So don't worry too much about his bowling average in this series, which is 110 or something, doesn't it? But uh, it, it doesn't matter. He, he's learning. And I think they've learned that there's a bit to do there. Uh, and that's a bit of a concern, but um, that's okay. Uh, equally, they've learned that they need to be ruthless with the bat. They need to be more patient at times. They need to make positions count. So, and, and they've learned, I mean, they should have known already, but it's been underlined that 70s, 50s don't win games. 150s, 170s, that gives you a chance. I think they've also learned that they've got in Ollie Pope a player to be very excited about. You know, there's comparisons already with the likes of Ian Bell, even Joe Root himself. Um, and hopefully that batting alongside Root is going to be hugely beneficial to Pope, a guy that learned a lot under uh, Kumar Sangakara, actually, along, batting alongside him at Surrey, learnt from the couple of tests he got against India um, and has every hallmark of being a, a great player. Um, so I think that's something they'll take from it. Hey, come on, you don't have to give us the eyes, you can disagree. The word great's pretty strong, eh? He's got 170. Um, yeah, look, he did really well here. It was, How old is he? 21. He's hugely promising. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't bandy the word great around. Was, was Ian Bell a great player? Adam, who's, who's sorry? Ian Bell. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. OK. Yeah. okay well, 20, 20 test centuries? Yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just asking what your criteria are. Um, yeah. Oh, well, look, I'm not saying, you know, wisdom cricketer of the century here. I'm talking about within the last 25 years, you know, I'd say that Ian Bell deserves to stand up alongside the best that England have had. Oh, he's undoubtedly had an incredible career. I'm a big fan. But uh, I just, uh, I really wasn't criticising. I'm just asking what your criteria were. Uh, I think that uh, one thing we've got to be careful with is building people up a bit too early. Uh, he, he, as I say, he is 21. He is learning. Uh, I thought what happened on the fourth day here was that he played within his limitations, which is how you have to play quite a lot of cricket, but a test cricket rather. But uh, the good thing is his ceiling is extremely high. He seems to have a lot of time. He'll be tested in so many different ways, you know, against fast bowling, against swing bowling, against spin. And what he was tested with here is sort of more discipline and patience. So that's an important attribute. And well, it's, it's something England have struggled with, yeah. it's got to be said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, he still does flirt a bit outside off stuff in a way that Ian Bell didn't really. He's, I think he's more expansive would be the positive way. I'd say a little bit looser than Ian Bell. But um, you're, you're right, he's uncannily similar in lots of ways. And he, he's a really exciting prospect. I suppose... Um, Sibley, Dom Sibley didn't take his chance, you'd have to say. Well, there's a few, didn't they? Frustrating tours for the likes of Sibley. Obviously, Crawley just got the one innings. Joss Butler played one test match, injured. Jack Leach was dropped off to the first test match. So, um, Sam Curran uh, 
picked up wickets and yes. and scored some runs, but there's still the nagging feeling um, that he needs to improve one of his either his batting or his bowling to become a permanent fixture in this side. Yeah, he's interesting. In the same way that Joffre's figures probably don't reflect how well he bowled at times, really, I'm not sure that Sam Curran's figures are particularly accurate. He had two LBWs, which the batsman hit. Mm. He had one <laughs> wicket at Kane Williamson where the ball deviated on the Mount Monganui pitch where nothing else did for three days. But then he should have picked up Kane Williamson today. Uh, go on. Wasn't that him bowling? Oh, was it Stokes? No, Stokes, Stokes was bowling the, the leg theory stuff. So uh, I think, um, again, he's 21. He's, um, he's a really interesting bowler, but I still worry that he lacks a bit of pace for this level, uh, and it's a bit too easy for people to prop on the front foot, look out for the swing, and then I'm not sure. Look, he, he, his, it was interesting to see him running quite hard and try and bounce him a couple of times, and he, he, he does get it through okay, I don't know. I think the jury's still out, but he got a bit more experience, and that's a good thing. I'm surprised he bats ahead of Wokes. Wokes with 10 first-class hundreds, Curran with none. Um, yeah, so I think the jury's still out there. I, I, I suspect he'll go to South Africa, but I think his spot in the side will be quite precarious. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. OK, well, let's look ahead at two series. Briefly, New Zealand, I'd say deserved victors in this two-test series. Um, they almost schooled England in some regards in that first test match. Uh, they've got more batsmen in their top ten in world cricket. They've got, um, you know, batsmen and, and bowlers suited to New Zealand, uh, as you'd imagine. And they will go to Australia and give them... 
a contest, although you'd still favour Australia to come away with the series? I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know what the pitch is going to be like. I mean, I don't think Perth's what it used to be. Well, Perth is the new stadium, ground, isn't it? Uh, and it's a pink ball test, so uh, I, I really don't know. Uh, you, you would want New Zealand to have Bolt. I think that's quite a big deal. And to be honest, I think you'd want them to have to Grant home too, even though there'll be questions about how he fares on, you know, how his bowling in particular would fare on those surfaces. Uh, I think he's the sort of character you probably want on your side. I think they've got a chance. I think New Zealand have only won, one, won there once, and I think that was a pretty much a Richard Hadley-inspired victory. 1985, they won 2-1. Uh, yep, Richard Hadley was inspired them for sure, but they had a proper team then. But, you know, I was reading Jeff Lawson's comments. He thinks this team has got its own Richard Hadley in the batting stakes. But I suppose they had Martin Crow back then, you know, and Kane Williamson. Ross Taylor's scored runs in Perth. Um, and in Australia, they, if they got Bolt back, they were expecting to. I, like you, wonder, I mean, Jeet Raval, uh, can't see scoring a lot of runs. Their methods are so effective here. Will they be quite as effective in Australia? And Mitchell Santner against Nathan Lyon, I can only really see one winner there. I agree with that issue about uh, Santner v Lyon. Lyon's obviously developed into a really, really good bowler. Um, and Jeet Raval is a worry. I'd play Hamish Rutherford. I know he's not in the squad at the moment. And he did get hit by Joffre Archer in that tour game that we saw. But, you know, we've seen him get a test century. He looks as if he's got lots of time. I don't know. He, he looks like a really good player to me. I'm told he has a bit, an issue with the short ball. And if you have an issue with the short ball in Australia, you probably are struggling. But Jeet Raval looks like a walking wicket, doesn't he? Um, so anyway, look, at it. It'll, it's great that they're going there with hope and a little bit of expectation. And I... I <laughs> be nice to be able to watch it. I don't know whether we can if we're, we're, we'll be in South Africa, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Well, the first test, I think, starts on the 12th of December. Something quite important is happening in England on the 12th of December. Anyway, uh, what about England then? Looking ahead to South Africa and the squad. Are we expecting a 16-man squad, 17-man squad? Um, and how do you see the makeup of that side? I imagine uh, that Johnny Bairstow will come back into the squad. I imagine that Moeen Ali may well be uh, mentioned in dispatches as well. I mean, where's your uh, what's your thinking ahead of that? Jimmy Anderson and Mark Wood as well, possibly. No, no, definitely if they're fit. Um, I look, I think people forget that Mark Wood, in his very last Test match, most recent Test match within Solusia, bowled what Shield Berry, who we reckon's watched more Test cricket than anyone ever of England, anyway, um, said was the fastest spell he'd ever seen by an England bowler. So. Um, yeah, if they come through their training camp, and that's, you know, there has to be a question mark about that in Poch, then they'll be added to the squad. And Anderson and Wood, they, they, they clearly strengthen the team. I think Bairstow's already been told he's in, so, and, and again, that's interesting. I see that Bumble is suggesting he, he could be an opener. Interesting. Uh, I don't think that's a great idea myself, but interesting. Uh, and I think uh, there, there has to be this conversation with Moen about how he is, whether he's ready to come back. If Moen is fresh and recovered, you know, from weariness and whatever, uh, then he's an asset to the side. If not, they have a real humdinger of a problem with the spin department. I, I do think that Jack Leach has been a bit unlucky. He'll never let England down. He is not a particularly potent bowler, but he, he's just about tidy enough, and he's been brave with the bat. Uh, so I, I don't think he's that bad a fullback, but Moen at his best has this terrific strike rate, you know, better strike rate than Derek Underwood. Uh, he, if he's at his best, then he probably gets recalled. And of course, he lengthens the batting too. Even if he's coming in seven, eight, nine, and it probably would be eight, 
Uh, you know, he, he has got five test centuries to his name. We forget, you know, how, how much potential there is with Moen because he was so far below his best when he was left out of the side. So, um, yeah, I think those will be the only changes. Aren't we in danger, though, of just repeating the same mistakes? You know, they say you're never better than when you're out the side. Yeah. Uh, aren't we just in danger of repeating the same old mistakes? You know, at the end of the day, pace bowling is going to be uh, a huge part of the South Africa series. Moeen Ali, unfortunately, his form hasn't been there with the bat for some time. His confidence took a massive whack. It's fanciful, I believe, to think that one spell in the T10 can suddenly magic him back to full mental uh, and physical fitness. Johnny Bairstow... It was only it's only just been dropped for two test matches to bring back as opener or in the middle order again i just i don't know just seems like we're going back over old ground surely you just stick with sibley you say we're going to commit to this guy commit to leach um well they say they're taking 16 at the moment now of course they might add to that so i think crawley will make way i think which uh, makes sense yeah, yeah i think parkinson will make way mm. i guess sakib will make way that's a bit of a shame really uh, but anyway. Well, they were here for experience as well, weren't they? It's a long-term view. You know, Chris Wokes as part of touring squads before oh, yeah. they brought him in. It's, that, that makes sense. He, on the quiet, has had a very good tour, by the way, because uh, I thought Wokes was possibly the pick of the bowlers on either side of this game, whatever the figures say. But he bowled really, really well. Anyway, um, look, the, to go back to the point you make about... Uh, and Wokes is in the squad? Oh, yeah. I think Wokes and Curran can get in. Um, I think... Yeah, this is the thing. I'm trying to work out the squad. So let's uh, take the 11 that played in this test match. You uh, push, you, you take Crawley out of the equation. I think everyone else will will travel. Then there's a question. So that's 10. Yeah. So, put so then you put in Anderson and, and Wood. Yeah. That's 12. Um, Bearstow 13. Then you bring back Ali, possibly 14. And then you've got uh, Leach. Leach obviously didn't play here. That's so 15. that's 15. And the 16th man is... can't remember. I wrote it all down, didn't I? Butler. Oh, Lord, of course. So, uh, yeah, that pretty much picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah, so you've got two spinners. You've got a... Suddenly, you've got three wicketkeepers, if you include Pope in that. So, it's not as if, to be fair, they're just... It's not as if Johnny Besto has just been dropped and been brought back after a, a week at home. The... The logic behind leaving him out, dropping him, whatever you want to call it, was so that he could go away and work on his Red Bull game. And the last time he did that, before the 15, I think, Windy's tour, he came out with a markedly different technique. And he looked like England's best player for a little while. For a year, basically, probably. Or for, for several months, he looked terrific. Now, he has gone and had specialist coaching again. He's going to Poch as pretty much the only specialist batsman on that training camp. Jonathan Trott is going with him as the, his batting coach, basically. And the idea is that he'll get some specialist time against Red Bull cricket, which he hadn't had for quite a long time, in the hope that it will help him recover his best form. And that's not illogical. That's not an unreasonable expectation. The Moen one is a bit different, I agree. As you say, he's played a little bit of um, white ball cricket. I think with Moen, it's more about mental freshness. I don't think you're going to change him hugely at this stage of his career. I don't know how long I've known Moen since about 13 or 14, and he hasn't really changed. And um, he's probably overachieved with the ball and underachieved with the bat. And I think it's very important with him, for his mental well-being and confidence, that his batting is thriving, because I think that's how he defines himself, probably even as a, as a man. Mm. Uh, because that's how, what he grew up being, a talented young batsman. That's how he made a name for himself. That's how he became, I don't know, the man he is. 
Uh, and the bowling, as I say, is a bit of a bonus. And I think if he's confident with the bat, he'll bowl a bit better. And I know that sounds woolly, but I do think there's something in it. And I genuinely don't know how he is. I've completely left him alone. I wouldn't, you know, it, it's, it, I wouldn't want to intrude, really. But if he honestly feels he's ready for the scrutiny and the difficulties and the disappointment that's inevitable, then, then great. One of the things I, I learned, I guess, uh, no Trotty a bit, and I'm not saying it's quite the same, is that once you're burnt out, I don't know, if you burn out a match, you can leave it as long as you like, it's still burnt out when you come back to it. Uh, I'm not saying that's the same with Mo. No, I know what you mean. But I, I, I just raise it as a, as a theory, really. Um, I don't know how he is. But I do agree that at his best, he adds an edge. But, as you say, you expect the seamers to do the bulk of the work in South Africa and the spinner to do a holding role. And I actually think Jack Leach could do a holding role uh, pretty well. Yep, I agree. Um, it's a bit of a soggy end to the series, but still a wonderful place to tour. And we look forward to coming back. Unfortunately, it's not in the FTP, Future Tours programme. Um, but uh, England will, of course, return. And when they do so, they'll find it uh, just as difficult as they have on the last three occasions they've been here to force a win. But standout memories from this series, apart from the flat tracks? Well, BJ Watling, uh, and I thought he, he gave a masterclass in batting in such conditions. He's actually quite an elegant player. Um, New Zealand have utterly deserved to win, no doubt about that. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't think I'll look back at it as uh, an absolute classic series, I'm afraid, because there has been, as I say, the, the, the cricket has given up its joy so begrudgingly that it, it was, I thought, too slow. And I thought one test of this, you know, a bit of light and shade in life, that's okay. But two tests of... I'm not even sure it's attritional, it was just slow. Uh, it was a bit too much, and I'm afraid the abiding memory might be frustrated bowlers. Ball's not doing a whole hell of a lot. Um, but it is undoubtedly a really, really lovely country. And I think, uh, another reminder, I, I, I'm not sure if I said this yesterday, England had gone through the year without a Test Series victory for the first time this century. And um, there was a, I thought England were a bit arrogant before they went to the Caribbean. There was sort of an expectation of the West Indies over again. Well, I don't know how many test tours you and I have done in the Caribbean. Mm. Three, four? I haven't seen England win. <laughs> uh, no, they haven't won since 2004 right. or five, have they? <laughs> I can't remember. But Three, four. So, um, Harmy at his best. Uh, uh, and the same with New Zealand. I wasn't here on the 2008 tour. I think you were, weren't you? Yeah. Um, England haven't won in New Zealand uh, since then, and this was, that was the only time this century. A little reminder... That there's an awfully long way to go uh, with England and England's test cricket for all the brilliant progress they've made in white ball cricket and, and I, I'm really impressed every time I talk with Ashley Charles to be honest that he gets it and he knows how far there is to go and it reminds me a bit of the conversations we're having we were having after the 2015 World Cup where England were you know properly wretched they were awful weren't they and uh, afterwards they said right we have to improve this this cannot go on we're going to aim to win the last, the next one. And you sort of roll your eyes and think, yeah, good luck with that, fellas. But they did it because they invested in it both mentally and in every way. Uh, and they made it their priority. And I'm hearing the same sort of language about Test cricket looking in the next cycle. And I don't think they'll quite take their eye off white ball in the way they've taken their eye off um, red ball in this last four years. 
but I do think it matters a lot to them improving it. And everything I hear them talking about, improving county pitches, looking at the ball they're going to use in county cricket, maybe trying to improve the schedule in county cricket, which is desperately difficult and political, uh, changing the mentality and the coaching and all these things. That's all music to my ears, to be honest. Mm. And so maybe this tour is really, really helpful in providing a reminder of how far there is to go and what needs to be done. And the other slightly encouraging thing is, I think we've seen a few signs of progress in this game. So all you can ask is that they learn, and I think they've learned relatively quickly. Brilliant stuff. It was 2015 here in New Zealand when the World Cup took place. It was 1999 when England lost at home to New Zealand. Uh, before they uh, started on their ascent to the top of the world ranking. So maybe, again, this could be the springboard. Um, George, thank you. Enjoy your 17-hour flight back to Doha. 18 hours, 15. 18 hours, 15 minutes just to Doha. There's factory farm chickens having a whip round to save me from it. <laughs> um, well, let's say hello to the UK, try to sort out the politics, and I'll see you in Centurion, uh, where uh, following on will, of course, be following the action exclusively on TalkSport and TalkSport 2 throughout that four test, three ODI, three T20 series. Uh, following on, we'll be back between that time, though, looking ahead to the series. Uh, but uh, subscribe and review, and thanks for joining us. Um, you'll be listening to the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.